Today we will talk about a country that is India. India is a country of opportunity. Yes, we call it uh, unity amongst lot of differences. So when we look at alcohol prospective in India, uh, we got uh, 28 states and nine union territories. So except states like Bihar, state like Gujarat, uh, Mizoram and Nagaland, as well as one of the union territory, territories that is Lakshadweep, rest of the states are free to trade alcohol. You know, when you look at uh, importing alcohol also, India is one of the country which got a uh, lot of technicalities as far as customs point of view. So we got 150% custom duty on your CIF for uh, uh, single malt, tequila, wine, as well as 110% custom duty uh, on beer. So from that perspective, you know, when you, when you will get alcohol in India, when you import, uh, that this is automatically very expensive. At the same time, uh, we got a uh, few things like dry days. We got, uh, you know, whenever the election happened, uh, you know, we, we got uh, dry days from Election Commission of India. After all these uh, regularities, uh, all these problems or all these, uh, you know, so-called uh, authorities' uh, uh, norms, still India is a country of opportunity. When you look at from population perspective also, we are the number two after China. In 2020, when we looked at the best-selling alcohol across the globe, in top 10, we had seven brand, seven Indian brands. So uh, Royal Steak, which is the Indian whiskey, that is there in number seven. You got Imperial Blue, again an Indian whiskey, that is there in number five. Number three, you got another Indian brand called Officer Choice, and number two, uh, McDowell. So when you look at alcohol perspective, you know, from a macro perspective, India is there. And India is playing a really strong role uh, uh, across the globe. Today we are talking a lot about India because today our guest, uh, Mr. Anand S. Iyer, he is a stalwart from India. And, uh, and uh, when today during the interview, when we'll hear him, you will also understand why we call him a stalwart. Uh, Mr. Anand S. Iyer, welcome, sir, to The Legionaries. Yeah. Hi, Malloy. Uh, thanks a lot. And at the outset, thanks for inviting me for your uh, talk show. So, shoot. The floor is all yours. So, when we look at uh, Mr. Anand S. Iyer, he is a Mumbaiker by heart. In 82 to 84, he did his MBA. And uh, his professional career, his professional journey started from there. You know, when we look at India and alcohol perspective, uh, United uh, USL played a very vital role. So, Mr. Iyer spent from 1992 till 2015 part of that uh, company. And currently, he is the COO for Alcobrew. And uh, when you look at Alcobrew, which is a brainchild of Mr. Ramesh Pandita, is doing fantastic in uh, Indian uh, whiskey market. Uh, Mr. Iyer, uh, we professionals, 
we always you know understand you from a professional perspective but uh, we we want to know more about uh, you as an individual so if you can tell more about you as an individual well a very quick introduction uh, i have been in the uh, alcobev space for the last uh, you know uh, three decades uh, in fact next year will be my a full 30 years in the alcobev business i joined mcdowells the first avatar of united spirits and now diageo india way back in 92 and at that time we had you know four com- uh, you know competing companies within the ub fold we had mcdowells which was the biggest followed by herbertsons followed by carlsons and then consolidated distilleries and together there were a whole host of brands great brands at that time and some of them still continue to be wonderful brands brands like mcdowell number no. 1 backpiper right a mcdowell celebration rum and these were brands you know that were there some were launched you know around the time i joined and i've been in this space now and i've enjoyed working in this space it's it's been a exciting three decades prior to that i was in the fmcg slash you know durable business with a south based group called the ttk group uh one of their com- uh, two of their companies are public right now uh you know tdk prestige which shares are i think upwards of some 7 8000 rupees and you know tdk pharma which is also done well and out there i sold everything from uh you know male contraceptives to uh, babies uh, you know bright water would was bright water to shoe polish to toilet cleansers to uh you know uh to uh, food items at the same time i also did, did you know the durable business that's white goods but not the very expensive white goods but the lower you know the kitchen uh, appliances like uh, you know uh, like pressure cookers you know copper bottom well utensils and now obviously prestige is there in a whole host of you know appliances but at that time they were early days of the company where we were only focusing on uh, you know pressure cookers and similar fully priced you know items like you know copper bottom vessels etc uh we also launched india's first portable barbecue at a point in time and we also launched india's first uh, you know electric pressure cooker so there were a number of firsts also and that was very exciting to work with that company also i had a very very good uh, uh, you know 8 years in that organization and then i joined you know the ub group and I entered the liquor business and i've never seen any other business after that right i've only been in this vertical and i have grown you know professionally and personally in this entire alcobev space what makes a person take in the alcobev space especially in a market like india is the entire enormity of the challenges that you face day on day believe me there's not a single day which is not exciting right there's nothing called a rest day you know unlike even in even in a test match you have you know in a five day test match earlier on you have one rest day but there's no rest day in the liquor business basically because we are controlled as maloy said you know through a myriad you know excise rules excise policies state wise right and each state suddenly wakes up one day and decides i will change something right so the rules change and then everything else changes right though the exercises normally annually but sometimes you have you know uh, suddenly a mid course correction somewhere and that again sends the entire business into a tizz so these things do happen right and the other thing is that you know you are at the beck and call and at the mercy 
of officials because the more red tape you have the more you, you know babu dam you know rules over you or the official dam rules over you so it's always you know up, up, you know it's you always need to be a extremely compliant you need to also ensure that you know whatever you do falls within the ambit of the excise policies for that particular state and so it makes life that much more exciting number one number two you are operating in a completely media dark industry so how do you get your brand to reach the consumer how does the consumer franchise you it's very different when you work on established brands brands like mcdonald number one right or a royal challenge right it's very different than working in brands which are unknown to people right where you come and you or you launch a new brand so there are there are so many challenges there while everyone says you know alcobev is an fmcg uh, you know uh, an fmcg product and it is across the world right but even and even in india but the only big difference in this fmcg business is that unlike the normal fmcg business where you can reach over you know 5 million outlets 3 million outlets there are no restrictions on you know distribution there are no restrictions on shop timings there are no restrictions on you know where you consume how you consume right and how much you stock right out here every system is controlled right so it's sort of you know a very orwellian kind of a and business environment if i may say so to use uh, you know and you know an adjective it's very orwellian in that sense where everything is controlled right and to survive to prosper and establish brands itself right i think makes a marketer in the liquor business whether in sales or in marketing right far more adept at handling challenges in any other uh, aspect of uh, business across industries at least that's what i see i think the only other industry which comes close closest to it in terms of controls is the pharmaceutical industry otherwise if you see fmcg industry is a very open industry you can sell soaps you can sell soaps anywhere you don't need permits to you know get soaps out of your factory to you know send it to a to a distributor point but out here i cannot do anything till i get a permit the permit comes i have to pay some money up front sometimes a huge amount of money up front i pay that to the government as checker then it comes and then it goes and and again just you know similar to you know uh, petroleum products like your normal uh, petrol that you fill in the car or the diesel that you fill in your uh, truck or commercial vehicle or your cars also for the state the alcohol industry whether it's beer mainly spirits country liquor or wines is the milking cow so in in practically every state right the maximum owner right now for the state as checker apart from the gst uh, or the sales tax contribution which comes as a part of the national pool is alcohol so whether it is any northern state eastern state western state southern states right a huge amount of their revenue comes from the uh, taxes which they levy on beverage alcohol and again it makes that much more control you know happen 
and to navigate this to be compliant day in day out right makes life that much more interesting and uh, i think that these three decades have really taught me you know how to operate in very challenging circumstances right and those examples have been also used in my own personal life right to navigate my own you know uh, the issues because everything is you know i mean you can actually face certain challenges in your life and the liquor industry actually keeps you ready for it very true right so you know that's how it is and i've enjoyed myself i also i'm i like most people who work in this industry either in the retail side or in the or in the business side right we are all practically we love our alcohol but we love sampling alcohol it's not that you know we are huge consumers of alcohol per se personally it's all out of choice but i do love my single malts i do love my wine and obviously i love my brand right so i do drink them but i if you ask me like moloid said what's your passion in terms of alcoholic beverages i would say single malt and wine first and i've enjoyed myself i've enjoyed myself i i have you know my family is now uh, you know independent my my children have grown up they are at work themselves right one is in new york one in bombay one in bangalore and my wife and i we stay in gurgaon in haryana part of the national capital region and uh, you know life goes on and and three decades on alcohol with the alcohol business i've spent in mumbai i've spent it in bangalore most of the time a decent bit in calcutta and now in delhi for the last 5 years yeah malloy good to know that sir i think uh, mumbai kar bhai heart channel uh, who did his uh, mba in mumbai and then a hardcore professional you became in south india then you went to calcutta and become the uh, ceo and now in gurgaon so it's a interesting story you know uh, for, for for any any uh, youngster who uh, all our viewers uh, from a qe uh, supolis to to brand like black dog i think when we say black dog many people don't know that how instrumental you are creating that brand this that is one of the indian uh, whiskey Uh, which got a lot of image and premium with itself so can you you know speak something about uh, your journey with black dog sir yeah first and foremost it's not an indian whiskey it's a scotch whiskey okay it's a pure play scotch whiskey it's blended in scotland and like all other what we call bottled in india brands bii's right we just bottle it in india yeah black dog has a very storied history it was a brand which was a part of the phipson stable way back at the turn of the last century and uh, you know phipson uh, was a trading company out of calcutta and uh, one of the, the one of the founding family members loved fishing and uh, salmon fly the uh, the slang for salmon fly or the common name for salmon fly is black dog and the salmon fly is used to you know uh, you know the the fisher uh, folk right the guys who would 
ang, you know, the anglers, not the guys who would fish, but the guys who would, you know, do it for a pastime, right? In the streams and in the lakes of Scotland, right? Used to, uh, you know, use that as a bait, the salmon fly. And when they decided at the turn of, you know, somewhere in the late 40s, right? Or early 50s, I think, or late 40s, actually, to launch a scotch whiskey for the, above, for the uh, you know the Britishers who used to stay in India because the only thing that was to be produced in India those days pre-independence of the country was rum. Hence that term also Indian made foreign liquor which was basically rum, which was meant for you know the uh, Indian army at those times you know who were a part of the British uh, regiments etc etc but the armed forces etc in those good old days, right and also you know the the other people who would want it would also go and have rum. That was the only thing available those days, right? And uh, then you had only imported drinks, which was to come from, you know, either England or France, or, you know, basically from these two countries. So when he launched his Scotch whiskey, he called it Black Dog. And over a period of time, when, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, no, Mr. Vitalmalia bought the companies over, etc., Black Dog was still being produced in Scotland and used to be sold in the duty-free uh, markets of Middle East, of Southeast, in India, right? And abroad in the Indian diaspora, that's why Middle East and South Asia, right? And the owners were, uh, you know, Carol Phipsons, then Carol Phipsons became a part of United Spirits and, you know, Black Dog came in the whole lot. And when in during um, during the 90s, when the Indian economy you know liberalized, they allowed Scotch to be bottled in India. So then Black Dog started getting bottled around 1993-94 in India, and the first version that got bottled was Black Dog 12 year old, because that is what was available elsewhere, right? And True. in the international markets, the black dog that was sold was called Black Dog Centenary. Yeah. Right. Which was an eight-year-old whiskey. Right. Yeah. But in India, we launched a 12-year-old. And this was launched through a joint venture those days of McDowell's with United Distillers, who we got into India. And along with a black dog, black and white, and bad 69 were also bottled. Right. But Black Dog was being sold by McDowell and Company and Black and White and Bad 69 was sold by Herbert Sixers in the 90s. And yeah. the brand grew, but the brand started and again around 2004, the, the then Black Dog team launched a brand called Black Dog Centenary 8-year-old Scotch Whiskey. So we had two brands, Black Dog 8-year-old Centenary and Black Dog 12-year-old. And and when 205, 206, the total volume of the brand was around 60,000 cases. So, at the same time, uh, uh, Mr. Vijay, uh, you know, Dr. Vijay Malia uh, bought, uh, you know, White and Makai. So, White and Makai became a part of, you know, United Spirits. And their portfolio of Jura, Dalmo, White and Makai Special, White and Makai, you know, 19-year-old, 13-year-old, and the 21-year, uh, you know, and the 22-year-old all became a part of the portfolio. So we decided to form a luxury vertical, which I then headed along with the team. And we decided actually, you know, to focus on Black Dog and to see whether we could make Black Dog success. We did a whole host of market research. We did blend research. We did a lot of things. And 
we then did a fine you know una also we did we understood who our consumer was and what we found was at that juncture for the scotch whiskey market which was dominated by teachers highland and hundred pipers were only available in quart which is a 750 ml size and in a 60 ml size yeah it was not available in the standard pint and nip sizes and you know that the 180 ml or the nip size is a large selling pack across segments you know it's a good trial pack it's a good pack you know if you cannot afford a full bottle then scotch is expensive you couldn't afford a full bottle you could at least you know buy a, if you had some money in your pocket you could buy the smaller bottle right things like True. that so we found this in our research and we said hey is this an opportunity so black dog was the first brand in the scotch among the scotch brands to launch pint tenders in localized bottles yeah and that gave the impetus to the brand so before the competitors could do you know a catch up the brand had already become a 100000 case brand wow right and we were growing we were adding at least 50 60000 cases year on year the entire united spirit sales team and i'm eternally thankful to my marketing team and to the th- sales team right to my trade marketing team and the key accounts team in that uh, period right and the management to have had faith in us to have supported us and it's not that we spent great money in advertising we had a great campaign and we did a lot of right things in marketing which i'll come to but the fact is that we really distributed the brands properly another thing that you know we put as a strict rule and since i worked with the company and i knew lots of my sales colleagues one thing i went to them directly was to tell them don't dump to sell as much as the retailer wants i'm not here to chase targets the retailer himself will then start ordering and that's what happened so when the retailer saw a demand coming right so he would order one case and he would order two cases three cases and the brand started building up that's one end secondly you got a excellent positioning statement let the world wait yeah. right right black dog is your alcohol you know as a you know as per the pit stop of your life if i may say so and in the mid 2000s and 2000s right 2008 2009 2010 india was any which way protected from the economic uh, turmoil of the west you know what happened in wall street right you had your black friday and the black mondays and all during the period but we were sort of protected our economy was growing right a lot of youngsters were coming into the uh, you know into good money right people were earning well right so what happened at during that juncture was that you had a lot of holes of trials you had a lot of compromise opening up right and also we found that you know everyone was working morning day and night so everyone wanted a break so my target audience wanted a break they were successful some of them were on the verge of burning out so what do you do we said hey black dog is your antidote right for the pit of your life so let the world wait right that was what the positioning was and we started then looking at what are the things that we can do so we were the first guys to actually get right some great you know musicians to come and play for us right yeah. so we had some musicians who came you know groups like kenny g right so we had we called what was known as black dog evenings right so that was with music then we said listen music is something which all liquor brands are getting associated with 
what do we do something different so the team came up with this idea right saying hey why don't we look at black dog comedy and then we called if you are, if you remember there was a very famous program in the west called you know tv program called whose line is it anyway yeah right and that still is going on it's still very popular right now you have reruns happening of those programs correct so we sure. called three or four stars from it right across centers delhi bombay bangalore right hyderabad we also were the first guys who came with russell peters russell peter was unknown in india at that juncture he was well known abroad we got him to india black dog got him to india right we amplified his presence here. and you know slowly and steadily we built the brand right and we also got entry into onpremise as the brand was being built up onpremise was very very agnostic against black dog they wanted the johnny walkers of the world and they wanted you know 105 was well known and you know my competition companies at that time were diageo which now owns usl but those days that was a competition company with black and white Bad 69 and Johnny Walker, right? And then yeah. you had Ono, which had 100 pipers, local, and they had you know Valentine's, which is imported, Chivas Regal, and then you had Teachers, right? And those days, because I like the neck and beam, right? So they had a lead in terms of key accounts, etc. But we started breaking into key accounts, and we had a good dedicated key account team that really worked wonders. So all in all, you know, it was all elements, right? getting into the other right and building we're making the brand success so it was entire team work the kind of support that we had right and obviously a bit of serendipity but more importantly the quality of the brand right what the the brand delivered what it promised so more and more consumers and the best part was that not only was it the leader in the 12 year old category which is now called triple reserve And it also started growing in the regular scotch category, you know, with Black Dog, and we renamed Black Dog Centenary. We didn't call it Black Dog Centenary. We then called it Black Dog Black Reserve. We removed the eight-year-old uh, because we didn't have eight-year-old scotch. It grew so much that our back-end scotch supplies couldn't match it, right? So we went into a non-age period, like all single malts are doing today, right? True. A lot of single malts are coming with you know non-age versions. Yeah. Isn't primarily being that the sales have gone up so much of the range versions. They don't have that much of hold to them, right? To really ensure that that twelve-year-olds sell in those. So you have those you know unaged versions, right? Everyone's doing. So uh, that's what we did, and the brand clicked, and it. And then in 2011, I went into Calcutta, and the brand has also since grown in strength, and I think it's touching close to half a million plus now. I presume. Right, but it's, it was a great journey, and I'll always, with my team, I'll always only remember that brand. And we also launched the 18-year-old after that, a very fine pack. I don't know whether you've ever seen the 18-year-old bottle, Malloy. It's a no, real, it's a real great blend. It was done by Richard Patterson, the master blender at White Mountain then, and uh, it was uh, also packed beautifully. Real Porsche pack, and we also launched a white. Uh, we also launched a Black Dog 21, but that was a very limited edition. Both were very limited. 
But right now it's not in the market. We sold it for about two years and then it was withdrawn because of lack of play. I think uh, this is something, an exclusive story about Black Dog. I think uh, I never heard such, uh, you know, uh, exact story, real story about Black Dog till date. So thank you so very much, sir, uh, for sharing the story with us. So it was Black Dog. Now it is uh, White and Blue. Uh, so, you know, White and Blue and Golf for Short, uh, they are doing really nice in the market. So tell us more about uh, uh, these two brands, which are from Alco Brew. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just stop here and tell you that the chairman and man director, the founder of Alco Brew, right? Alco Brew Distilleries India Private Limited, right? In short, Alco Brew, yeah. uh, Ramesh Kandita, right? Is an extremely passionate, right? Extremely committed, right? Uh, brand man, right? Okay. The reason I call him a brand man is he is completely dedicated to the brand. These brands are his babies, right? He was a professional like all of us two decades ago. He decided to, you know, leave his professional career as a senior manager in one of the liquor companies and said, okay, I'm going to now become a businessman. And he got into, you know, liquor, he got into the liquor business, right? And he started small. And then about nine years ago, right, he decided on white and blue, right, eight years ago, and the brand got launched, right, the brand started small, right, but he understood the segmentation of the market, and he knew that I should launch it in the vacant space, where there is not that much competition to the lead brand which was Royal Stag in that segment. It, Royal Stag created the, what we call the semi-premium segment, right? And, or the Prestige Plus segment, whatever you may call it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he said, this is where, you know, I can position the brand, the margins are good, right? And this is the segment that is going to grow. If he had the foresight, right? Everyone else was getting into the cheaper segments either the metal number one or the imperial group which is the uh, prestige segment or the popular segment of you know backpiper director special diplomat you know 8 pm officer's choice etc so he didn't get into that he said i'll get into this and he decided he'll focus on certain markets and establish himself right and then you know go elsewhere and that's what he did so what he started as a one-man show right with some five six individuals and all of them are still here right working with us right except one or two right he then built this organization so this organization alpha group is the culmination of his blood sweat and tears right it's a little bit unlike the other organizations that work with right which had charismatic family members leading it right from up front right who were very involved in the business but then they inherited the business of a certain size and they then built on it and tried to make it grow and they did grow in his case he founded it 
right? So this is his baby. And I'm very proud that, you know, I'm here working with him, right? And it's our dream to, you know, ensure that we grow bigger. And I have, since I've joined here over the last, you know, 18 months, I've also done a number of consumer research out here. And what pleases me most is that when I compare it in the markets that I've operated, when I've ever done research, with blend to blend with the leaders in the segment, packaging, right? Everywhere we spoke. It's not that, you know, we lag behind the leader. In fact, we either score on par with the leader or better than the leader. And this is among people who consume that brand. Right? You normally design research in a manner which is you know, completely unbiased. So we have done packaging research, we have done blend research, and we have scored. And that's what gives me hope that this brand, which is already, you know, a two and a half million kind of a brand, will only grow more and more as we go forward. Right? So that's one. Number two, golfer short. Now, golfer short, if you see, is a very odd brand name, right? I mean, yes, golf is a very luxurious game, it's a very premium game, right? And I have recently, you know, started playing golf, so I know what kind of a, you know, a game it is, right? It's not a game for the faint in pocket or for the faint hearted, right? And it's a game which is extremely fickle. One day you can play well and the next day you can, you know, flop spectacularly. But nevertheless, golf is a game which to a lot of people is unattainable. Right? It's not like cricket where you just need a bat on the ball or hockey or a football, right? Or for that matter, very badminton or table tennis or whatever. Golf is more exclusive. So I think the brand name that came through golfers was from that exclusivity. And then you know a shot. A shot is obviously the shot that are, that you hit, but it's also True. what a shot is when you drink, right? Let's have a shot. Right. Yeah. Like what you do in nightclubs and all that, right? With white spirits, etc. So, I think the name came and then he designed a very unique looking bottle. And also, if you see the cap on the bottle, yeah. it's a cap on cap, right, yeah. which is unique again. So, in A, we got a unique identity because in this market, the key thing is packaging. So, we did that. So, packaging is the first interaction with your consumer. The brand name and the packaging are your first immediate interactions, right? that is one secondly is the blend right this blend again in research done now and even in our in-depth with consumers who drink other brands as well as the drunk hours and when they even sample us right is extremely positive the blend is a great blend right obviously it's blended with scotch whiskies and mature malts indian malts and indian grain whiskies but it's an excellent malt it's an excellent, sorry, it's an excellent uh, scotch, uh, it's an excellent uh, whiskey, right? And truly, truly, for the money that you pay for it, right? Yeah. It gives you more than the value for the money that you pay for it, in all respects. Whether it's packaging, whether it's the blend, right? So it delivers, right? So this brand, in fact, is growing month on month, year on year. Yes, we have competition. Right, the leader whom we all know who the leader is is huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's mega, and I have full respect for it. I mean, that's a brand again which has been built over the last two decades. Right, it was a new brand, and the company built it. Right, so you know, 
full credit to the team out there that you know really worked hard to make it such a mega mega brand right and there are there's another big brand also which has come right which is by another indian company which is also doing very well right and even we are having good growth right in fact in the number of markets that we operate we are either number 3 or we are number 4 our aspiration is to be either number to at least be number 2 and we'll get there right but this brand's growing we hopefully would like to do a half million case right at the soonest with this brand right uh yes in the last one year with the frequent lockdowns that have happened on account of covid you know march april la march april may or april may last year again mid april to mid may this year and the continuing lockdown in various parts of the country yes have all impacted business but both these brands white and blue and golfers right which i said are the babies you know which have been developed launched and built by the alco group team right are are in my opinion the two pillars of you know alco group in terms of its journey we also last year i think there were a few companies that launched a new brand in the liquor space called one more vodka right which is yeah. what we yeah. call a semi premium vodka right and we have done well we have got double digit market shares in the markets where we have launched within 7 8 months of launch right and we are growing and we plan to not take the launch to other markets so we offer one more vodka is plain vodka and green apple we also have an orange flavor which we've introduced and for export markets outside of india we've introduced the chocolate flavor so we are you know pretty excited about that brand right and that brand again is a brand for today's consumer right okay if you see the brand the brand mnemonic right okay so everything right is put in a way that you know it attracts the right consumer profile and then we have a scotch whiskey which we do with campari which is old yeah. smuggler scotch yeah. whiskey which is also yeah. growing right month on month we have done well on that brand year on year there's been growth and we have old smuggler rum and then we have our own rum uh which we have got which is land daddy rum we have old smuggler rum and then we have victoria reserve brandy so we have a good portfolio we have also a a whiskey in the mcdal number 1 imperial blue officer's choice blue segment called vitals in a prestige segment and we have so we have our brand portfolio but our focus brands are obviously uh, our old smuggler scotch whiskey old smuggler rum then Our two whiskies, uh, white and blue, and golfers, and supported by you know one more vodka and the other brands. So that's how we're looking at it, and we are strengthening our portfolio, right? And we are really looking at driving our business as fast as possible. It is it is uh, fantastic, sir, to know your uh, professional as well as uh, personal side. And uh, yes, I think. Uh, old smuggler which is a part of a group of campari group and uh, that is becoming more and more prominent uh this journey of year definitely i am very sure that uh, this is going to impress a lot of our viewers who are young professionals as well as the trade itself
you know everything is good everything was okay and then suddenly in early 2020 we came to know about this uh, pandemic called covid 19 so when you heard it for the first time what was your reaction sir see uh, i mean we as in our country or even in the world okay we haven't faced a pandemic like this right the last big thing that the world faced and everyone was impacted largely right was world war 2 right and pandemics basically happened in the period before world war 2 if you look at you know pandemics by its very nature you had the what we call the spanish flu just after world war 1 right and then in india you had you know big famine outbreaks you had cholera outbreaks etc in the 30s and 40s right and the early 1900s also but over the last 50 years you know uh, and 75 years if you take independence but over the last you know 5 6 decades right you didn't have anything that you know was really you know up you know really impacting everyone right which is impacting the poor impacting the middle class impacting the rich right right and impacting all countries right we never had something like that yeah right and obviously you had in between scares like you had the sars scare you had the bird flu scare then in the 80s you had the hiv scare right so it's not that you didn't have it but it was not something of this nature right sure you had famine in some parts of the world right even in india till the uh, mid 70s there were you know famine issues here and there but then, then you know things our infrastructure in terms of agriculture in terms of the whole lot of things started improving over a period of time we got out of it but a lot of other third world countries did suffer famine did suffer war and the ravages of war right but they were all localized there was nothing which was you know all encompassing this pandemic actually exposed all of us who i would call a very protected generation yeah right yeah. our generation because i was born in the 60s so you know that generation right even the 50s generation in that sense the 60s generation the 70s generation and thereafter the baby boomers and gen x whatever 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 gen y gen z right all of them you know we were pretty mollycoddled in that way and suddenly this pandemic comes from nowhere right and impacts all of us in ways no one knows right now that's the big thing i think which was a big learning exercise no one knew it and hence i don't even think that anyone was prepared whatever business mitigation risk mitigation strategies multinationals employ big indian companies employ smaller companies employ right no one could ever predict an event like this no one you know one can predict if you are an exporter you can say okay will dollar devalue will dollar you know uh, appreciate right whatever 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 right you can build those kind of scenarios if you are a guy who is investing right you you can say will the stock market crash things like that or if you are into the oil and other industries you say will oil prices go up or will oil prices crash right you can build those kind of scenarios but 
suddenly to have one scenario where business stops yeah right yeah. was completely i mean you know it was like getting into you know something like future shock or something you know right but you don't you know, know man. Uh, as a as a uh, ceo of alco brew how you really handled that situation because uh, so as i said okay it took us yeah lot of people yeah. in so the market the marketing it's a big team so how you manage that uh, as a ceo of uh, alco bruiser yeah good question uh, see first and foremost india's lockdown was very sudden right yeah, yeah. one fine day it was announced right so it caught all of us unawares in that sense right but everyone quickly rebounded what did we do right between me ramesh and uh, our cfo uh, you know uh, and our ed that is arvind call all three of us got together on the phone right and we found a new technology called zoom right plus whatsapp video and facetime video right but we also got zoom right and you know our it's other avatars you know google meet and microsoft also has a similar kind of a thing but we normally use zoom what did we do we started chatting and saying okay how do we you know get out of here first was that a business talk unlike fmcg right so if you're selling soaps at least you still made soaps because shops are open but liquor was completely closed true factories were closed the uh, shops were closed all the liquor vendors were closed all the liquor outlets were closed right so yeah. where do you sell what do you do right but then you have fixed costs you have your people right and it is at these times right that you need to show right complete empathy with your people right at the end of the day you are a big family right a family cannot just say listen times are tough so goodbye doesn't happen right someone in a family is unwell you can't just leave that person in the hospital and walk off right you can't you shouldn't right what is simple human decency human decency and humanity is that you look out similarly here right so we are responsible at the same time you need to ensure that there's a cash flow the cash flow is stop because business has stopped right so sure there were holos of challenges the three of us you know decided you know let's talk let's see what we can do and then we involved our other senior management colleagues you know the heads of various functions then we all spoke and we took various measures right to mitigate our hardships during that period right so our senior management right our my other colleagues we all decided listen let us you know sacrifice a bit of our earnings right so that we protect cash flow and at the same time the rest of the company right has enough money to you know give them their salaries and look after them things like that we also requested each of our vendors right in the supply chain to you know just bear with us because you know obviously they also had the similar problems like us where do they get the money from they get the money from us we get the money from our distributors our distributors told us listen what do we do we can't sell so it was you know one log jam but we decided how do we manage money and we started talking with each other and 
you know, started putting in place various measures that once business opens up, you know, what we will do. And we had a strategy in place and as the business opened up and it went into various markets, right? It was market by market opening, right? Yeah. We managed, right? And we got the business cycle. It's a cycle, right? We started getting it slowly, you know, operated, you know, and then the train came back on track, right? It took a little bit of time, but then it started chugging along, right? And I'd like to thank each one of my colleagues here and including, you know, Ramesh and Arvind, all of us as a team, you know, we work together to ensure, right, that not only does Alco Group survive this onslaught of COVID and the resultant disruptions, but we also become stronger for it as we go forward. And that is what I, and that is what has helped, and that's what has helped us when the second wave hit us. Okay. Right. And a lot of other companies are working from home. We are working from our site here in my office. I'm in my office, right? Mm -hmm. And we have been working all through. We are a small company. We are not a huge company, right? Right. We are a mid-sized company. And for a mid-sized company, you know, these kind of pulls and pushes which come on business disruptions is is difficult to navigate, right? It's not easy to navigate. But I'm glad that as a team, right? Okay, we have navigated it. Our consumers who buy us, right? They don't know us, but they buy our brands. They have supported us by ensuring that they still franchise our brands, right? My vendors, whether they are supply chain or other vendors, right? Our bankers, everyone have helped us in this, right? By, you know, traveling with us in this journey, without creating any, you know, antagonism or whatever, trying to help us, support us, etc., etc. We are thankful for that. My team out there, right, going out with my sales team, the manufacturing team in the factory, which I've worked, you know, relentlessly, our labor there, right, everyone has played that part. Whether it's finance and accounts, supply chain, legal, sales, marketing, trade marketing, e-accounts, everyone, right, production, all of them have played their important role, right? For the leadership, for the leadership, it was how to get them to work seamlessly, right? And that's what we have done. Yeah. I think that's an interesting insight, sir. I think, uh, yes, it is, uh, it, it was a difficult time. And uh, I think we are still, you know, in those difficult periods. It's not over yet. And uh, as far as my understanding goes, I really don't think so. That COVID is going anywhere. COVID is going to be there with us for a long period of time. But I think it's a real insight from you, uh, a middle and, uh, you know, small uh, budgeted company. They, they, they need to, you know, understand the situation well and uh, cope up with the situation. Thank you so very much uh, for, the, for, for sharing the uh, journey with us, sir. I think uh, we as an industry, we got uh, most of the myth in our industry. So, you know, we, we used to know that uh, any myth that uh, you bust in your peer group or uh, within your friend circle. I basically, I believe, I presume you mean myths about drinking, about alcohol consumption, things to do with alcohol, right? Yes, sir. I see one very common 
I mean, whenever people come to know that I work for, you know, an alcohol beverage company, etc., etc., the first thing they will come and tell you, yeah, you know, I just prefer Scotch whiskey. You know, I don't like Indian whiskeys. Or, you know, I prefer rum or I prefer vodka, you know, to rum or whiskey. Ask them why. No, yeah, this gives me a hangover. You know, that gives me a hangover, right? Somehow, you know, when I drink it, you know, next day I will wake up with a headache, uh, you know, these kind of things, right? Or I feel dull, right? At the end of the day, one is taste. So let's keep taste aside, right? Taste, yes, obviously, a good scotch whiskey has its own merits. A good bourbon has its own merits. A good Canadian whiskey has its own merit. A good Indian whiskey has its own merit. A good Japanese whiskey has its own merits, okay? You cannot compare, right? Each one has got different characteristics. Each one has a different consumer pattern. Each one is dependent on the purchasing power of that market where it operates in, right? So that's how it is. For example, there are a whole host of good Indian whiskies and I'm not talking about the Indian single malls, etc., which are exported. I'm talking about good Indian whiskies selling in India in the premium segment, right? That includes brands like Golfer Shot, etc., which can easily withstand, right, any taste and flavor competition with a cheap scotch, right? Okay. okay. Right? Or a cheap bourbon for that matter, or a cheap Canadian whiskey for that matter, or a cheap Japanese whiskey for that matter. Right or a Thai whiskey for that. So we are much, much better. So there's no two ways about it. Okay, that's number one. That's number one. Number two, right? The big myth of a hangover. So that's what I'm saying. Keep taste aside. The big myth of a hangover, right? In India, right? Ninety-five percent of of the IFL that you consume, or ninety-five percent. Let me put it as ninety-nine percent of the IFL. IMFL or Indian made foreign liquor or Indian spirits that you consume, whiskey, rum, vodka, mm-hmm. gin, right? Brandy. Yeah. All of them have the same strength of 42.8 okay. volume by volume, right? Which is, you know, 75 proof, right? You'll see that in the label, 75 proof or, you know, 25% under proof, right? UP. So that's the same strength. So and that's why I'm saying 42%, 42.8% volume by volume. The scotch which you import, right, which comes in duty free or which you buy, right, the scotch bottled in origin brands or the bourbons that you buy, most of them are 20% volume by volume, right. Even the vodkas, all of them are in that same range, right, brandy, gin. Now, alcohol strength, right, is what actually determines how much buzz you get. It all depends on the water you add or any other mixer you add. Right. Okay. Now, it also depends on a particular day, on the biorhythm of your body. Mm. You have had a really tiring day, right? Or you have something stressed you out at work, or there's a family stress, whatever, right? And you're drinking. Your body's chemical reactions that go in within your body, right, can lead you into a hangover. It's got nothing to do with that is a holistic approach uh, when we when we drink
so if i'll if i'll ask you what is your personal uh, uh, favorite sir so what will be your personal favorite alcohol as i told you even the last time and sorry not last time earlier in this conversation yeah i really enjoy my malts right i love yeah. collecting malts i enjoy my malts enjoy my simple malts i also like to drink my own brand right so i do consume old smuggler right at times i do have uh, you know water shop right so i do drink that and at the same time my preference my collection is my single malt so i enjoy drinking with my friends that Oh, but but there are times that I drink a little bit of beer, a little bit of vodka. So I drink a whole repertoire, but preference is single malts and good red wines. Great to know that, sir. Your personal choice, and uh, we are we are really thankful, sir, that you took out time for us and uh, you you let us know the complete insight about you, your choice. your you know journey personal as well as, well as professional and uh, thank you so very much for for your time sir and uh, it was great knowing you better yeah thanks maloy thanks for inviting me god bless cheers thank you sir thank you so very much